You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply <laughs> Well, hello! It's everyone's favorite musical theater thirst trap, Drew Gasparini here, with another episode of Now We're Talking, the podcast where I live out my dreams by chatting to showbiz friends of mine against their will. Today's guest is the utterly charming, stupidly talented, and beautifully unique Catherine Gallagher. She is a force to be reckoned with as an actor. She's done Broadway from the revival of Spring Awakening to her Tony-nominated work in Jagged Little Pill. You can see her in the Netflix series You, and above all else, it should be known that I have an unstoppable crush on her. Ladies and gentlemen, she's a favorite of yours and mine. Now we're talking with the lovable Catherine Gallagher. Saying last time you did a podcast, what? I, my hair? hair just kept hitting the mic, so now I need to remember to hold it. You know what? I never have a problem with ever hair hitting a my mic. My hair hitting anything because yeah. I wake up to a thousand little suicide notes on my pillow. Oh and no! Yes, that's what happens when you go bald. It's like you wake oh. up and you're like, "There's half of my scalp." Because on they're the they're jumping ship. They're jumping ship. Thank you. <laughs> I like to look at myself as God's dandelion, and He's just making a wish on my. <gasps> That's so nice. Uh, we are here <laughs> with Catherine Gallagher. Yeah. And I got to say, I'm so happy you're here to talk to me for a little bit today because uh, I may be secretly to you, but not so secretly in the world. I, I'm intimidated by you. <gasps> and what? I am. I'm intimidated by you and your utter chillness and cool persona. Oh my gosh, it you're gonna not—you're gonna think you realize that I'm not chill. When we get to the fart contest <laughs> at the end of this, the whole world will know. But I—I—you I, remind me. This is so strange because I'm about to give a shout out to someone I haven't talked to in like 20 years. But there was a girl in fourth grade, and her name was Kelly Yearby. Shout out to Kelly Yearby. And I had the weirdest, like, I didn't, you know, when you're young and you don't know what a crush is and like, you try to act a certain way around a human person. I still do that. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, adulthood is no easier than childhood. That's what we're all really discovering here. But every time I'm around you, it reminds me of this time very specifically that I was in fourth grade and I- Are didn't you saying you have faith- a crush on me? I have a bit of a crush on you, Catherine Gallagher. I have a bit of a crush on you. I'm and so flattered. The way that I would handle having a crush was not with like any 
any amount of smoothness or dependency on what I looked like or any of my athleticism or things that would make boys feel good about being boys. I thought humor was the thing. And a bunch of guys were like, you know, that girl, Kelly, I think she thinks you're cute. You should make her laugh. So I went over to her and farted as loud as possible and nothing happened. She, she, she hated, she hated my guts forever. And then she acquired, she got the nickname smelly Kelly because I farted near her. Nothing makes sense. Anyway. That's so awful. So I just, this is my public apology Me to kid Kelly. Me and kid is so hard. <laughs> It is so hard. What was I thinking? And why did the like? Why did I think? Oh, I know what makes everybody laugh. A fart. I'll go fart on oh, this fart human jokes person. Make everyone laugh. I mean, fart jokes are They're funny, so but like, funny. but the, I, the in my act head, of them on another person is where you went wrong. It's. I know. I made. That's where I made the wrong turn. That was my faux pas. That was, was definitely my faux that pas. Was your faux pas. Uh, Catherine, I really am so excited that you're here today. I have a few random things to talk to you about, but this is just okay. a chat, and that's what this is. Basically, the entire point of this podcast is, I'm having people on that fascinate me. Okay. I'm having people on that inspire me. Okay. And I'm having people on that are are in my friend circles, but I. I truly realize even my best friends, like Alex Bryben, he was on the podcast a couple weeks ago, or we recorded his episode a couple weeks ago. I don't know shit about anybody I am close to or am we in the similar circles. I need to get better at this. I think it's a byproduct of show business. You're going to teach me the ways on how to do, be a better human. Um, so you are just too cool. I'm you so are a, not. I so yes, you are. Here we go. Listen, listen. It's gassing me up in a good way, though. It's good. <laughs> Tony nominated. Let's start right there. Grammy nominated. Let's go there. Okay. <laughs> yes. now, I'm so the next... right now. <laughs> like... Am I embarrassing you? I can't That's handle right. praise. This is hard. I mean, I came right out of the gate saying, yes, I have a crush on you. And secondly, look at all the accolades you have. Can you even handle this? See, I'm not chill because my face is bright red right now. My question to you, leading into that, Tony nominee, Grammy nominee, Catherine, everybody wants to know, should me, should I, Drew Gasparini, get an OnlyFans page? What do you think? Yes. Why do you think I should? That was so quick to say <laughs> yes. I love the support, your optimism. You know what? You should. Your next thing, after you win the Tony and the Grammy, you should come out with a line of perfumes, and it should be called Optimist. Optimist. Oh. You're good with words. You should consider writing songs. Oh, well, yeah. Thank you, you might be great girl. at it. Well, gee whiz. Look at all the kindness back and forth. Wow. I won't get embarrassed. I'll allow you to get embarrassed, but I'm so shameless. You have, a, you have a healthier relationship with yourself and praise than I do. Boy, I don't know if I would call anything about me healthy. Um, I've got this. I've got this horrible This is just about to turn into chest. therapy. <laughs> Let's go. It all started with my mother. It was 1991. Oh, don't I get um, it? That's actually a real, a realistic, great place to start. There's things about you people know. Yes. There's things about you people don't know. Let's start with the things people don't necessarily know. A lot of people know who your father is. Yes. A lot of people know who your parents are. Let's talk about what your childhood was like. Let's get into it. What was being Catherine Gallagher as a child like? Siblings? What's the situation? Tell me everything. Well, I grew up in New York City. I grew up on awesome. 71st and Broadway. Um, oh my God, I had no idea. I'm a New York City kid. I know, I moved yes, to LA when I was 11, so people tend to just wipe the New York City out of my history, which is 
truly We're bringing it traveling, back here. Yeah. but you know, I, I, yeah, I was born in Manhattan and, um, I, you know, I have one brother. He is three years older than me. He's a filmmaker, a writer, and a director. He's brilliant. He's like, oh my god, you artistic baboon! I know, it's crazy, and it's crazy because he wasn't even, you know, he was always artistically inclined, but I'll say that he wasn't chasing it in the same way until he was like a senior in high school, and then he just yeah. like became like obsessed with sim- cinema and started, you know, I mean, he's always read everything. He's so smart, and so. We like we had a sneak attack on my parents. The first they were like, "Oh, we'll have one kid that maybe is going to end up being like a banker because he's really smart and good with numbers." <laughs> and then they were like, "And then Catherine, I mean, she's a lost cause, but at least her brother will support her." <laughs> <laughs> and now we just are both like, "Sorry about yeah, it," but they're obviously you're, so you're supportive. You're not all on the struggle bus when it comes to being an artist, though. So that's pretty. That's pretty cool. We're we both work very hard. Yes, we, we have a good a good worth work ethic. Is that is that brought to you by your lovely parents? Yes, it is. Yes, my dad. I think that one of the really um, amazing side effects, and it doesn't always work out this way, but in my case, at least, um, of having a, a parent, both parents in the entertainment industry. My mom used to produce music videos and commercials, and she was a dancer, and her. Mother was a dancer, and so like everyone's in the arts. Catherine gets her moves from her mom. That's what we're learning. I right get now. my moves from my mom. That's right. Um, but I really get them from my dad. He's gonna kill me for telling this story, but I'm going to <laughs> because he tells a story about this one time he was auditioning for Fosse. Yeah, like the person. Yeah. Um, the actual and, Bob Fosse. Yeah, like Bob was in the room. Robert Fosse. Robert Fosse was in the room and my dad had to dance and my dad like worked so hard on this. He like danced his little face off and um, he like left and he was like, well, that was like, you know, I did, I did the best I could do and he left the room and um, he's going to listen to this and be like, that's not what happened, but it is what happened uh-huh. um, or in my memory. <laughs> um, but he could tell it a lot better, which is the truth. But so later in the afternoon, he's in another building in New York City, and uh, he's waiting in the elevator, and the door opens, and it's Bob Fosse. Oh, my gosh. And my dad is like, oh, no. And then it's really quiet for a second, and Fosse just looks at my dad, and he goes, Gallagher, right? And my dad's like, oh, yes, Mr. Fosse, yes. <laughs> and um, he goes, interesting sense of rhythm he got there. Whoa! <laughs> I think I got my dad's moves. <laughs> I don't think you know the guy with the eyebrows who was seizing on the floor. Is that who <laughs> that's who that was? Oh yes, of course. I think my dad can dance, but my mom is a was like a gorgeous professional. She was a dancer. She yeah, and, a and dancer, my, my as we know dances. Yeah, so she danced. She danced. She dances. Her mom was um in the ballet company at Radio City. Oh wow! And danced at the Diamond Horseshoe. Like yeah, so dance runs in my family, not necessarily. In me, but I, I did the lineage here of that was a very pretentious way to say lineage was lineage, very lineage. G. Uh, you the showbiz lineage goes back quite a yeah. ways. Is it like that on your dad's side as well? No. So your no, dad was my... the first one in his side to kind of step into show business. Oh yeah, the first Broadway show my grandmother on my dad's side ever saw, he was in. Wow. So she was a bacteriologist. Um, she was in the lab that discovered penicillin. Oh my like one God. People. She's genius. Yeah. Really, really smart. What? Um, like, I have nothing but cave people from 
my <laughs> are backwards, and you have scientists and artists. Yes. Yeah. And my crush really on you cool. grew three sizes this day. <laughs> my God. Don't worry. By the end of this, it'll I'll squat. It. <laughs> you keep saying that. Yeah. We'll see. All right. No, I I have a tendency to do that. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my special skills. Oh, put that on the resume. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wow. wow. Your grandmother on your dad's side was a fucking bacterial. What did you bacteriologist? This is a word I'm going to immediately forget. If it, yeah, it, I know. It's a term. It's a term that not enough people say on the norm for me to register. I'm so nervous for my dad to hear this because he's going to be like. I know that I'm like probably these are stories he's told a million times yeah. and I'm like, oh no, what am I getting these details wrong? But I'm pretty sure I'm right. Well, I we just, can have you know, him on and we'll, we can set the story straight yeah. if, if, he'll if it tell really you. comes down to And that. he's such a good storyteller too that it, it's like worth hearing it. Can he, what is it called? A spin a yarn? Is that what they call it? <laughs> that's like the old timey <laughs> way of saying That's yeah. My, again, <laughs> my relatives are all from the mountains and the hills. <laughs> Uh, they spin a yarn. They they spin a yarn. I like that. Keep going with your childhood. I get so fascinated. So you're a New York child. You probably saw your dad do the Broadway thing live yeah. a few times because Peter Gallagher was quite the uh, song and dance man on the Broadway. Yeah. Uh, yes. it's, it's It's an amazing thing. I really love seeing the two of you kind of uh in in parallel of each other just what his career was and what yours is yours just started and it's already like this fantastic trajectory of what's to come tv the netflix show uh i'm too scared to watch it i'm too scared That's to okay. watch the whole thing it's so funny because my scenes in that show are are not scary i'm not involved in the scary things oh. um but so I always forget that it's a scary show because my experience were like brunch scenes and dick jokes. <laughs> and then everyone's like, you're on that scary show. And I'm like, am? Am I? I thought this whole show was just about dicks and brunch the whole time. <laughs> Literally every time we would show up to a table read, I would be science? like, <laughs> well, every time I show up to a table read, I'd be like, damn, you guys, this is scary. And they're like, this is a thriller. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> God, if only I knew what I could do. That's so crazy. Uh, wow. Um, okay, wait. So back to Young Cat. And I'm going to call you Young Cat because I'm getting so comfy with you. Young Cat. I love it. Young Cat in New York City. What was it? Yeah. Was, was show business always kind of normalized for you because of your father? Yes, yeah. definitely. Wow. Um, yeah, it was very much, um, you know, we we sort of like... I, I never understood that being an actor was any different than being a lawyer or being a cab driver or yeah. like a, yeah. a chef. I was like, everyone goes to work. Yeah. And it, it didn't really hit me until really the OC happened that like, oh, this is a little, well, actually I remember the moment it kind of hit me because I was like saying hi to a friend who was waiting in line at school. And, um, I like hugged her and the girl behind her goes, Oh, you think you can cut in line just because your dad's a movie star? Oh. And I was like, uh, oh. I don't think I can do anything. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So that was like the first time where I was like, huh, this might like people look at this differently. Yeah. Um, but but it was really, I think, a real advantage to me because, you know, it never seemed out of reach. Right. I was like, oh, I'll just prepare to do this job in the same way someone else would prepare to do another job. Um, 
Did you look at it kind of as as like a this is what I I do because this is what grownups do because this is what my parents do yeah. or was it like I really want to do this thing as well was like what was the fire under your ass to get you where you are I never considered anything else yeah. like I was pretty much performing for anyone and everyone from the moment I could walk until now right like I, so you, know, you were I, a annoying child, is what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> I literally think I've only gotten like less bold as time has gone on. Like yeah. the more I've worked, the more I'm like, are you sure you want to see me do something right. at all? <laughs> like I don't even have to be here. Yes. <laughs> I'm so sorry for speaking. Yeah. Um, so oh, God. when like as a kid, I was just like, everyone here obviously wants to hear me sing. I'm gonna start right now. Yeah. <laughs> so it's definitely. You know, what a shift beautiful. in self awareness. That healthy ego that we're talking about. That is <laughs> yes, it's beautiful. gone now. <laughs> yeah, I'm so sad to hear it's that gone. because I love that fun, the little kid boldness of just like yes. everyone. My sister was like this. I have a sister named Casey, and she. I know Casey. We did crazy ones together. Oh right, excellent. Yes, of course, of course, of course. He's with so great. with uh, Mr. Zachary yes, Zayden. Zach. God, I yes. love that boy. I think it was crazy ones. Yeah, it was crazy ones we did. Uh, and I love that show too. The music's so good. But Casey oh used gosh. to like she was such the middle child because Chloe. Chloe was born and there's a 10 year gap between Chloe and I and Casey's like right between and I'm like tied as Irish twin oldest with my brother. So Casey's Love right it. between all four of us. And right. uh, she would literally, it'd be my birthday and the cakes brought out and they're singing happy birthday for me. And then after everyone's done singing happy birthday, she would like stop me from blowing out the candles and be like, okay, but before we get on with the celebration, <clears throat> stands on the table and we'll <laughs> happy birthday as a solo all by herself. A lovely rendition That's of iconic. happy birthday. It's bold. That's truly iconic. It's bold. It's the childhood boldness. Yeah. That's um, iconic. So, okay. So you were an annoying kid. Yeah, <laughs> I was an annoying kid. It was you were always loud. open to perform and always open to oh. share your gifts with the planet. Yeah, it didn't matter who was watching, if anyone, or whether or not they were willing. And you I moved to performing. LA when you were 11. So did this, yes. this start in LA or was it like young, young in New York? No, it started at like three years old, yes, standing on the steps of my apartment building singing. I, I dressed up as Annie every single day in preschool yeah. and I would stand on the tables and sing um, tomorrow. So I it started this. young. Yeah. yeah it started young. And then honestly, it was moving to LA, I think, that sort of really, that was the first time in my life that I became sort of like debilitatingly self-aware. Yeah. Um, the LA, because, LA has a, it does that to you. <laughs> yeah. LA is, is, it's a tough crowd. It's a tough crowd. I was like in New York City, like I had so many good friends, like best friends since I was a kid. It was the dream. And then my folks were like, we're moving to LA. And not only that, your dad's on the biggest TV show in the world. Right. And everyone wanted to be my friend for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Which wasn't clear in sixth grade, but it was very clear in seventh grade when no one wanted to talk to me all of a sudden. Wait, let's really dive into this. I mean, <laughs> seriously, I am so interested in this. When you have famous parents, no one under yeah. no one looks at you and has any sort of empathy for you. They feel like your life is peachy perfect, and I'm sure it came with amazing perks because of your father's uh, occupation and being I on the OC. I did get a free juicy couture dress. Okay, well, from I mean, the costume department. Th then fuck so, all your friends that way. Yeah. you win. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I know. what was what was it like to feel like people were basically using your you for friendship? I mean, like it feels it feels a little. Um, I don't know because I didn't have this problem, but 
I don't know. Again, cave people. Nothing but cave yes. people. Okay. I doubt that. I doubt that. But They've created th- those cave people have created very impressive children. So I'd be surprised I'll if they're Kelly as and George cave know people-y. that you said that. Yes, um, Kelly and George, I think, are are probably very brilliant themselves. That's very kind of you to say, and I'll let them know that you think that. I certainly can't let them know I think that. Yeah, um, don't, don't, don't. I gotta keep them under my thumb somehow. <laughs> uh, so j- tell me more about like what this was it they're like bullying? Did you feel like people were talking behind oh, your yeah. back? Oh my god, oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah, I ended up having to um switch schools because <laughs> uh people weren't nice to me. So um oh my basically god. what happened <laughs> Oh my so God. I, um, I moved to LA and I was immediately very popular. I was like friends with the cool kids. Like it, it was all, things were going well for Catherine. And then what happened was, um, I don't know, honestly, what happened. Um, uh, this guy who was the grade above me, who was like the most popular guy in all of Los Angeles. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. he was very cool and had very like Little jacket, you know, smoking cigarettes. <laughs> Yeah, like that was the vibe. Yeah, cool dude. Everybody knew his name, and uh, he messaged me. Like Tyler or Racer or Striker. I mean, I can't say it was far more. It was a more normal name. It was Bob Fosse. It was Bob Fosse. So when Bob Fosse called, um, no, he he messaged me on MySpace one day, and he and it was about my dad too. It was like your dad's the coolest or something. Yeah, and um, we had met that day, and I got home, and I had a message from him, and. So he started messaging me all these things, which I was like, oh, this like really cool, cute boy is talking to me. Um, he must like me. And I think I was still too uh, naive or maybe optimistic, rose-colored glasses. Yeah. Th- that, those have all been things I've been accused of um, in my earlier years, maybe not so much anymore. <laughs> um, and and um to to understand that he just wanted to be close to a, a shiny new toy and, you know, of fame and whatnot. Right. And so I um, got really excited and I, you know, got a crush on him and he would talk to me all the time. And eventually it became clear that I was the joke. And so when I became the joke, yeah, it was like uh, prank phone calls every night, um, asking me out on a date and then I said yes and then they said ha ha psych you're fat and I was like oh okay. oh my god um, somebody said Bob Fosse said psych Bob Fosse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and like they would create fake YouTube accounts on the and comment mean things about my body and my voice oh my god um, on songs I had written yeah it was like oh really god. painful they were making fun of your art like this is yeah just and, so and like would and point mean. and laugh at me in the hall when I walked by like it was just like ha ha yeah. Yeah, literally. I was with my whole class. I will never forget this day as long as I live. I was with my whole class and we were going like from one building to another and him and all his little friends, he had this one friend that was like really at a target on my back and they were sitting at a table like waiting for my class to walk by and when we did, they all pointed and they're like, ha, 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 And I was yeah, like, it like, mess me name. up for the rest of my life. Yeah, it, it kind of did. Oh my like, God. <laughs> Oh my. And so then once that happened, all my friends were like, well, she's obviously a loser. So then I stopped getting invitations to like hang out with my friends after school and oh like go to birthday God. parties. And so, you know, yeah, I so- hope you win this fucking Tony so you can get <laughs> on that stage and say, just rip and weep, baby. I, I can't believe 
that. I really cannot yeah. believe that because in my head, and I listen, we all go through our phases when we're younger, but there's no there's no question in my brain that you were just as charming and approachable and kind for no other reason than to just be kind <laughs> than you are right now. I do not understand this. You know, I'm really grateful that all of that did happen. Um, a, it... Well, I was just about to say it gave me a thick skin, but I, I honestly don't think it did. I I think I still have a very thin skin. Um, and I think that that's really important to be an artist. My acting coach brings this up a lot. It's why having you write such skin, amazing sad boy songs. Thank you. You do. I do feel things quite intensely. It's, we wear our um, organs on the outside. I say that all the time. I think artists, just yeah. like when the wind blows, it stings us a little more than anybody else, you know? I think you have to be... I think I think everyone has that capability. I just think it's whether or not you allow yourself to feel it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's always the same temperature outside for everybody, but everyone has a different awareness of it, yeah. you know, and everyone's wearing different, you know, layers of coats. I like, a hazmat <laughs> suit these days, but yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. I mean, and I do think that, you know, if I hadn't experienced all of that, what is, I'm trying to remember exactly what my acting coach is. She says, you have a... Uh, Thin skin, but a strong spine. Yeah. And I think that that's really something that I um, would not have had had I not um, sort of been so, like, I mean, it's it's A, it's what helped me really, really buckle down and start working hard yeah. because that was when I started really, really writing songs and really, because I was just so determined to not have to go to school anymore. Yeah. That I was like, if I work hard enough, I can just be a musician that, and I won't have to Precisely like, how I felt <laughs> when, really? I, when I started writing songs, I never got made fun of for it. But when you yeah. start doing it, I don't feel like people in their teens have a grasp of what to do with you when you start going, hey, we want to hear this new song I wrote. Because music is is this thing that you flock to elsewhere. It's not right here in your immediate, yeah. you know, grasp. And then when they see a friend of theirs do it, they look at you a little differently, and they kind of go, "Oh, I didn't realize you you were kind of one of those." Uh, and yeah. it, it, it made me go, "You know what? It wasn't that I had a chip on my shoulder, and it doesn't sound like you had a chip on your shoulder. No. But there is, of course, there's always something to prove, but it's more to prove it to yourself." And yeah. defy what you're hearing from everybody else or feeling from everybody else. I mean, if you were getting that kind of ridicule just for being yourself, I love the idea that what you chose to do was lean into yourself even harder and become yeah. this version of you that like rose out of the ashes like a phoenix, Catherine. Well, I will say one of the things that was, <laughs> that was really... It was actually 20 years of deep depression and fast was, food uh, every night. I did go into therapy. No, I, I mean, I did 100%. Good for you. <laughs> no shame there. I love therapy. Absolutely. Been, um, therapy. But one of the things that was really revolutionary for me was I was doing musical theater on the weekends. Mm -hmm. And there I met this group of people that is still my group of best friends 100%. today. Um and then a lot of them ended up going to the high school that I switched to. So um, that gave me this outlet. That gave me proof that who I was was okay. Yeah. Even if when I was in school, I was like, okay, you have to hide this today. You have to be a little bit quieter. You have to like not give a fuck. And if you're going to cry, go to the bathroom. And like, yeah. you know, and and so I think that I'm, I'm so grateful that at 
while there were people who were very determined to, you know, make me feel othered, there was this group of people that already felt othered yeah. by the world. And, um, and we all got together and really, you know, I think embraced each other's weirdness. Actually, oh, shit, I'm going to fuck it up. Ben said it in his Tony acceptance speech. He said, Ben Platt, the for those that who are you... listening and have no yes. idea who she's talking about. <laughs> he said, I, the things that make you different or what make you powerful are the things, hold on, we have to get this quote. All right, we're going to pull it up. Platt, Tony speech. Because, you know, well, A, for those of you who don't know, he's one of the, hold on, here it is. Okay. The things that make you... The things that make you strange are the things that make you powerful. Yes. And um, Ben was one of my best friends that I met. My thing is flying Captain everywhere. Captain just violently in a fit of I rage. Violently breathing. computer across the room. And Ben was one of the people that I met doing after school theater. Yeah. And, and I think that's something that we really, you know, all learn from each other. It's like the things that do make you strange are the things that eventually will help you become the person that you are. I always so. refer to, and that is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I remember Ben's speech and I thought it was gorgeous. So and and uh, I can't wait to hear your speech. I'm oh, so determined that you're going to. Maybe one day. But I, <laughs> I have, I have, I have this, I've said it a thousand times, even on this podcast with a few other people that it reminds me of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the animated movie that comes oh, yeah, out yeah, yeah, Christmas yeah. time. Musical theater for me and for many, for yeah. you, everybody, it is the island of misfit toys. It's it's just where you don't know where your place is in the world, but something really pulls you into this world where you feel completely safe. And it's the weirdest bunch of individuals, literally, yeah. in any medium and show business. 100%. I've been in the music business for longer than I've been in musical theater. And the weirdest people are in musical theater. And I love that about this industry. And it's what makes me feel safe and makes me feel like myself. I think that that's really a powerful point is that like, you know, and my parents have always said it, like it's, it's a bunch of people with something to say, I think. Yeah. And, and there's community in it. Yeah. You know, you never do a musical alone. No. You never do, you know, even, even being on, you know, being on a, um, when you're at home watching TV and you see a program, it's easy to forget that there are, you know, lighting designers and grips and like a costume and hair and makeup and all of these different people. Because when you do it well, you don't think about those things. You don't notice those things. And I think when you're doing a musical, when you're seeing a musical, when you're, you know, watching a Broadway show, you see the, the guy operating the spot. Yeah. You you know, if you're sitting close enough, you see, you know, a dresser handing yeah. something off in the wings and and you really understand that it is so communal and that without one single person, the entire operation will fall apart. A hundred percent. And that's a valuable lesson, I think. I hope for, people right? are listening to this shit. It's amazing what she is saying right here. <laughs> Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Um, with your with your dad being who he was, yeah. and you you under well, he's still alive. That, you know, he's well. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I hope. I mean, I might want to check in on. We're gonna have someone call Peter after this yeah. and just uh, make sure. Uh, but back then, when this was like a big hype yes, for yeah, him yeah. with the OC and everything like that, because he doesn't come off this way. So I'm gonna preface it with that. Okay. Does your dad act like a famous person? I don't think he thinks he's famous. That's insane. That's insane. My dad is such a dork. Like I can't even, he wears the goofiest hats. He, his favorite thing. I'm already in love with him. Yeah. He's really like, honestly, my dad and I are very, very, very similar. Like anytime anybody meets my dad after getting to know me, they're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) It's just like, yeah, whatever you are. He's really endlessly goofy. He um, wears very ugly hats and very ugly shoes, just like I do. Okay, so it's Everything's about comfort. about comfort for me. Yeah. Um, you know, I like that. beauty is pain like is that. not something. Well, I think it helps because I think growing up, I was told I was ugly so many times, <laughs> ugly and fat so many times that I just, it's wrong that I just like, everybody. it's not I, important like, to me anymore. I'm like, yeah, this is my face. These are my Crocs. What's up? I like to write dogs. <laughs> I just don't, I don't understand it. You're, by the way, no one can see you. Only I can see you because Love that's that. the nature of a podcast. No one can see you. That's how this works. But you are in lighting that looks like you are a kidnap victim and you're, you're giving some sort of like, you're giving some sort of mom and dad, please rescue me with the money they need kind of videotape. And, you, and you're wearing a hoodie. There's nothing no to it. What's going on? And you're Thank stunning. You. You're I'm stunning. You have I don't to understand stop these it. people. You have to stop. I won't stop. Can't stop. Won't stop. Hey there. Sorry to interrupt all the fun we're having with Catherine Gallagher, but I'm here strictly to promote more Catherine Gallagher. Guys, if you like the guests and you're falling in love with the guests on this podcast, do your best to support them. Follow them and see what they're up to on their Twitter accounts. You can follow Catherine Gallagher at Catherine G. And on Instagram, you can follow her at Catherine Gallagher. So go check out her shit. She's rad, yo. This is, I I really just, the thing about me is I consistently feel like this perpetual man child in the (laughs) sense that I'm so fascinated by nostalgia and my childhood and everybody's childhood because it's like the algorithm coming together of how you become the adult version. And then when you're an adult, it never fucking stops. I mean, like, you're like, oh God, knuckle hair all of a sudden and oh God. pulled an eight inch nose hair out of my face this morning puberty never congratulations ever and this is not thank you very much You're i put welcome. it in a ziploc bag i'm going to send it to the people in the guinness book of As world records should. but i really i want to know mm-hmm. not puberty necessarily mm-hmm. we don't have to get weird okay great, we could, great but what was your least favorite part about growing up and what is your favorite part about being a grown-up wow good question For me, I look back on how when I was really, really struggling, like when Mm -hmm. kids were really, really mean to me in school and um, 
and I was having a lot of issues with body image and I was just like, oh, I hated myself. Yeah. I, I was really mean to my parents. And there was like this span in seventh grade where nobody would talk to me at school and I just took it out on my parents. And I mm. have this like, like reel that goes on in my head yelling at my mom that I hated her because she took my phone away because yeah. I was getting bullied on it. And she didn't, <laughs> she was like, stop looking at this. She was protecting, she was your protecting me. And I yes. was like, and I just looked at her and I was like, I hate you. And I think, look back on that and how now I see that, like, now I really see how like worried my parents were. And, and I think I, I look, when I look back on my entire life, the moments where I was like angriest at my parents is always when they were right. And yeah, I think a of part course. of me knew that. Still today, that's it's, why yeah, I get It happened convinced. like a year ago, <laughs> too, where I was like, my parents are terrible, awful people. And then a few months ago, I was like, oh, shit. Oh, whoops, they saved my life. Yeah, whoops. Oops, sorry, guys. <laughs> but it's true, like, and now when I, I sort of gotten to know my parents so much more as people, and I see, like, just how much they have given to me and how much they've cared and loved me, like, I look back on those moments of being so angry at them and, and just saying awful things where I'm like, imagine like creating this person who you've literally changed your entire life to like make happy and build a home for. And she just looks at you and like gives you the finger and screams yeah. that she hates you. Like that's yeah. so crushing. I feel bad about oh that God. like all the time. So that wow. anger that I had putting that in my parents' direction is what I really look back on. And I'm like, girl, why did you do that? Right. Um, well, you know, I think we all kind of have those moments and, yeah. and I've just recently had these moments myself of reflecting on that and just being like, what was I so angry about? They gave me an amazing It wasn't life. their fault. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The ridicule at school had nothing to do with they them. They were mean to me. <laughs> they were so nice. I just was so mean. So yeah. What is, what do you like about being you know, an independent and successful grown up. You have a lot to pat yourself on the back for, so but nice like, what are some say. things about being a grown up that you really like? I really like the people I've chosen to have in my life. Beautiful. That's what I really like. I really, yeah. you know, it, it, I always think that my, my dad always says this, his mom said it, show me your friends and I'll show you who you are. Yeah. And there was definitely a lot of trial and error in my life about you know, the types of people that, that I gave energy to. And I can safely say now looking around at my friends, um, that I just, yeah, I have the, you do have good people, people surrounding, surrounding you. I'm so sorry. I, I only see it peripherally, really peripherally, <laughs> That's good. insert That's good. word here. I only see it like on Twitter and things like that. But like, but seriously, the way that you, you keep your circle, the people you keep in your circle is just so good. The support is so loud and there's so much love going back and forth between you guys. And I think yeah. it sets a really great example. You know, I have two younger sisters and like, I, I'm, I might get slapped on the wrist for saying something like this, but I believe just in watching them and hearing stories from people we've had on this, this podcast and your stories here, I think girls have it a lot harder in high school and middle school and that part of their lives. And it does matter who you surround yourself with to kind of feel like you have somewhere safe to go. Um, I, I love seeing the example you set 
on social media with by putting your art out there you are encouraging so many other young people and young women to come out and just be like yeah fuck the haters and like i like these people and they like me and that's all that matters it doesn't necessarily you know what i mean it's it's a really healthy that means so much to it's me it's a Thank beautiful you. thing that you do and i i don't think the world can get enough of it and it's like it goes in in a lot of different directions i see it with um mostly younger people than me i'm i'm yeah. 78 years old as you know but i, I like i watch <laughs> renee rap interact with people online mm-hmm. and it's like she doesn't have to a and like you see like the good she's putting out i think it's a younger mind because people at my age thank you for thinking i'm as young as renee rap i think th- i put you all in the same bucket anybody younger than me is 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 like 18 in my head that's just how it works it's always sort of everybody you know one ups a generation before them yeah you guys I are one up if we're doing it right uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just am so inspired by you know the the acceptance that that it seems like teens and and you know young young adults have today of each other and yeah. And how little of sort of, you know, people's differences are questioned. Yeah. They're embraced really rather than questioned. And I think that is that is a beautiful thing. And I'm seeing people my age, again, 78. Yes, following suit. A hundred percent. And they're going, God, what were we doing yeah. this whole time? You know, why were we wasting our energy judging someone else or trying to be different to fit in somewhere? And it's like, God, just fall into the pocket yeah. of me fall into the pocket of of drew of whoever of of yeah. cat cat i love it that's what my best friend calls <laughs> it so oh great well now i'm your best friend too so there you go you're um, my best friend <laughs> you were lived in la you lived in new york do you call yes. yourself a yes. new yorker new yorker 100 percent. you do you vibe I've with now, the, the new york pace of things more than los yeah, angeles yeah 100 percent. and i've i've now lived more years in new york for a while it was exactly 20 2020 oh my god 50, 50. She's four years old. <laughs> it was, wow. I, I, when I was 22, I had spent exactly. So math was no. never your strong suit. Then. No, <laughs> not at all. I didn't move to New York like as an adult until I was 22. I was living in LA for a while on my own before that. And so I had done 11 and was years. That, is that with, uh, was that for Spring Awakening? Yeah. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, a very, amazing, very amazing. special show. Um, yeah, very special and show. And so, yeah, I had I lived eleven years in New York and eleven years in LA, so I was like pretty much split. And then I did a lot of living in both cities, sort of in the last few years. But um, the past year and a half, I've been exclusively in New York, and so now I've officially tipped the scales. I've spent most of my life in New York, and this pandemic has just solidified it. Yeah, I'm so happy yeah. to be here in New York right now like you know even though i don't leave my apartment except for to walk my dog i mean that's you know. how i felt too like i my little love affair with cuomo or whatever that was going on just uh, there was there was safety in his voice during the height of the scariness yeah. and I, I imagine a lot like something like 9-11 when new york we we were going through it so hard at the height of this COVID yeah. thing and when you go through it together you know we were all just trying to get the curve to come back down mm-hmm. the minute it started coming back down i was like 
We did it, guys. We are New Yorkers. And it was like this pride I've never had for anywhere else I've lived in my whole life. I've lived in San Francisco and LA and New York. And I qualify myself as a New Yorker through and through now, particularly because of that situation. It's really, it's the greatest city in the world. Like, and I think, I know that, you know, there's all these jokes. There's that joke about, there was the bodega tweet. So basically there's someone tweeted about like, you know, the it was like, where else can you get like, you know, two Diet Cokes and like a roll of paper towels and, yeah. you know, oh, it's like it was like some joke about a bodega. She didn't even mention bodega cat. So she really missed the joke, right. but it's fine. Uh-huh. But then a bunch of people were like, have you never heard of a Walgreens? Like, I can get that at Walgreens. And like, so there's been a lot of New York hate on Twitter, just calling New Yorkers arrogant and stuff. And so I acknowledge that like by me saying New York City is the greatest city in the world, there's a ton of amazing cities. There's a ton of amazing places. But I do think that once you've lived in New York, um, it does become such a part of your identity because I think if yeah. you are a New Yorker, you are a New Yorker. And if you were going to live anywhere else after a year in New York, you already would have. Like, right. uh, like- <laughs> I agree with that a thousand percent, a thousand percent. Yeah. What makes you cooler than most New Yorkers, because New Yorkers call themselves New Yorkers just for having been like, oh, it's five year mark. I'm a New Yorker now. You were born yeah. there. You were yeah. born and raised there to a point and then came back. You are such a fucking New Yorker. Not to mention you have Broadway shows, plural, <laughs> under your belt. It's like, well, how much more of a staple can you become? I am a Good bit Lord. of a New You're Yorker. basically Simon at this point. <laughs> I, I do. I do definitely, you know, I, I am through and through. Um, let's talk a little bit about the things that you do as an artist. And uh, then I'm not going to take too much of your time. We can wrap this up soon. I'm in no rush. Well, you might not be, but I have a dog to walk and take for a oh, piss. He yeah, pees every half an hour. It's like a trick he does. And it's how not fun. And I don't know how to get him to stop. He's 11 weeks and I love him. That's such a tough age. I'm so sorry. Yeah, Because you I'll are. take him out for like a long time. And I'll say the word potty a thousand times. And he won't do it, but he'll walk right back inside. Just like, almost immediately. He'll come inside and be like, no, yeah. this is where it is. This yeah, is how that's, I pee now. I mean, my dog's yeah. like four now and he's great and I love him. But at that age, I, I it was just a lost cause. I mean, it, it, they're just, I don't think. I yeah, love when he sleeps. Those were, but it's going to get <laughs> yeah. worse. I just warn you. Like, like now it's a cute age where they just like pee everywhere. And like, that's annoying. But like the rest of it, they're manageable. Yeah. Three to nine months, they're demons. They're evil. Well, he's doing this thing. He's really becoming yeah. rebellious. I'll wake up with the word bitch yeah. written on my forehead in Sharpie, and I know it was you know him. It's him. I know it was you, him, oh, Gordon. That's- uh, so let me just ask a couple just things, and maybe they're not questions. Maybe this is just more of a loose little talky talk. But, like, let's talk about the transition from – what it felt like to be accepted into the Broadway community. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. and, and looked at as a separate entity from your dad. Yeah. You're there based on your talent. You're there based on your special quality. And I say this about you all the time. Uh, and I had you sing at one of my concerts uh, a couple years ago. And the reason you, I love your performance and any performance you have is you sing not like anybody I know. You sing. <laughs> Not everyone likes that about me. <laughs> you sing with your whole body. It is insane. Like I feel like every you have muscles in your kneecaps that other people don't have that are in full flex because you're getting such a guttural like 
visceral sound out of you. It is just, uh, oh my God, it makes you, Thank it makes you. you tune in right away. So all, all of your, all of your accolades are built upon your specialness and your talent and your uniqueness, which I just think is so alluring about you. What, what, what did it feel like when you were just like finally a part of this? We talked about it earlier, this community of Broadway, because it is a community. Once you're in, you feel so in and it's a great feeling. So talk you know, about I that. I think I got really lucky with Spring Awakening because A, that cast was the best cast I, I mean I I have ever been in Amazing I will ever be in, in that, that they're still my best friends I, I was so blessed to have just the greatest group of people to be in a show with that even even like getting to Broadway we yeah. were like are we sure they wanted us like we felt like we really snuck in the yeah. back door they were basically there was a couple months open at the Brooks Atkinson and we were like we'll take it <laughs> like it was really we right, snuck right, in right. we snuck out no one you know and and People really loved the show. We had a really cool, amazing, dedicated fan base. Like, you know, and and the show for me personally wasn't that difficult. Like, or I shouldn't say not that difficult. It was very difficult learning how to do, but it wasn't that vocally taxing. It wasn't that physically taxing for me. And so I could like go out to Glass House every night, which was, you know, next to our show. And so right. I really got immersed in the community with my first Broadway show, which I just think was was so lucky and um, we sort of opened with Hamilton. Yeah. And so, you know, our cast sort of like all became friends and, and I just felt very, um, I did feel sort of immediately accepted. And, um, and I, you know, I've, I was very careful when I was starting out to, I had a, a rule sort of within myself. I, not like I told anyone this, but I sort of wouldn't, answer questions about my dad early on and I wouldn't like in my first few jobs now yeah. I'm obsessed with talking about it because I think it's so cool and it's like he's made <laughs> me so much of who I am and I think it's such an interesting perspective but when I was younger I was like I want to sure I want people to know I can get a job before they find before they think it's because of him I'm sure it's similar to like Ben Platt's situation yeah uh, you know just because his dad was also an established human being and you know to all those people who gave you hell in high school or middle school middle school whatever yeah, that was funny. I would like to say here on record that I was a fan of yours before I even knew that your dad was who your dad was well, thank I you. was just like drawn into this thing that you do. <laughs> You're visceral, you're guttural, all those things. It's just like this aggressiveness behind your performance and your writing, <laughs> and we're going to talk about that in a second as well. Um, anyway, so back to back to this experience. So yeah, I mean, I, I just felt sort of immediately, you know, immersed into this community, which I just became obsessed with. Um, I even yeah. went back to LA because I was living in LA. Um, or I thought I was living in LA. I went back to LA for two months, and then I moved permanently to New York. I was like, I'm going to go back to my house in LA. And, then I did, and I was like, "No, thank you. <laughs> I was like, this isn't it." No, this doesn't yeah, feel the same and so anymore. I moved yeah. officially back to New York. Wow. And, um, I loved. Uh, I don't. You don't know this about me, or maybe you do. I don't know what gets spread around the rumor mill. I know parts, things, but oh, whoa, okay. Uh, I I <laughs> um, back in the day when Spring Awakening had just opened, and it was like the biggest shit. The original cast. Yes. I, my whole plot in my 20s when I first moved to New York was basically try to date all those girls. And I succeeded about halfway. Uh, <laughs> dating, dating many of them. That was my plot too, except for I was 12. Yeah, see, that's that. I, it was, I was in the age group. It worked out for me. So it was different, yeah. But when, different. The, when you guys came in with the revival, and I'm still close with all the original cast of Spring Awakening, they were like, are we 
old? Like, what the fuck? We're, we're, they're reviving a show that was just I know. here. I know. It's, it, That's amazing because you gave it, it a whole was. new life and a whole new way to look at it. Thank you, Michael Arden. Michael Arden, just one of the greatest brains to... And Andy Mantis. I got, I think the whole thing was Andy's idea, I believe. He was like, what is Spring Awakening with that class? I, I tell this to everybody, and sure. it's not true, but I still tell it to people that... Andy Mientis owes his entire career to me. Good. Because he won a Nymph Award for Best Actor in a musical I wrote called Crazy Just Like Me. It was him and Andrew Kober. Uh, what a in, good cast. It was a great cast. Yeah, it was a good time. Cast. It was supposed to be Alex Brightman and Andrew Kober. And then we had auditions instead of casting Alex and Andy came in and we were like, Oh my God, let Andy's amazing. And he won the award. And then right after that, he got smashed and everything else. So I'd like to go ahead and just take all the credit. I think you started his career. No, that's all, that's all we're saying. You You heard it here first folks. Uh, Amazing. So once you, once you left spring awakening, what was the in-between period between that and jagged? Um, I did not work, get a single callback, or have anything success adjacent for a year and a half. Um, I hope everybody is hearing this. Yeah. Because I guarantee people are like, she just books and books and books. No, she doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you. What happened was I started, I mean, I was in the studio a lot, and I was still sort of back and forth between LA and New York. And I was writing a lot. Nothing I'm particularly proud of. Um, I was. I definitely had sort of an identity crisis. There was yeah. a hot pink hair moment. There Ooh. was. Yeah, it was just. 2016 was not my year. Um, <laughs> yeah, the not great, not great. And it was. It was a tough year for me. And and so, sort of all the way, honestly, up until, um, like, oh my God, it was like a year. It was like 2017. <laughs> wasn't great either um what basically (laughs) happened was like 2017 started and I started buckling down more on music and I was like I guess I should move back to LA and you know I'm not really working and um I met these incredible producers in LA and they were like come to LA for three months let's do it let's we're gonna make your artist project we're gonna make it happen I was like okay awesome amazing and uh and then I had this like one audition before I left town and I was like, whatever. It's not like I'm going to get it. Like, this is so stupid. But my manager was like, it's actually a really good script. And I was like, it's on Lifetime. Like, you've never said, I was like, that's not usually the type of thing I go for. Like Lifetime's usually these original movies and yeah, um, not usually roles, you know, that I fit into the (laughs) the archetype of and um so I was really surprised and they were like no just read the script it's really different and I was like okay sure and I don't because I'm so angry at the world and uh, (laughs) I was just like whatever I have this audition on Thursday and I was I was really at an angry at the world place in my life and um I went on this uh, what I thought was a date which then wasn't a date and so I was just pissed by the end of it because it was like a really confusing situation yeah that's and, my entire love life yes, yeah absolutely. it was just this thing where I was like you broke up with your girlfriend for me and it's not a date I was like so confused and angry <laughs> that my time was wasted and I was like fuck all this shit and I was like and I have this fucking audition in the morning whatever and I wake up and I was like fuck I think I should cancel this audition I don't want to do it this is everything sucks but I should at least read the script. Yeah. I read the script and the problem was, it was very good. 
That is a problem. The problem was I felt this immediate pang of regret because I was like, oh, I, I should have, um, I should have done this sooner. Yeah. And I didn't. And then, uh, I just drilled it for the next three hours. I learned my lines. I focused harder than I've ever focused. I went in, I thought I crushed it. And about three weeks later, um, I landed in Los Angeles, uh, I turned my phone on and I had about 37 missed calls and it was my rep saying, Hey, you have to turn around. You just booked Annika (laughs) on the show. You. Yes. And then a week later they were like, Hey, there's an open call for Jagged Little Pill. We know you love Alanis. We know you wanted to do the workshop before there wasn't a role. Now there's no open ensemble call. You're welcome to go in for it. Um, There's no role for you, but you know, we know you love her. And I was like, okay, sure. Why not? And I go in for it. And then I get a call back for this like tiny, tiny role in the ensemble that sort of pops out for this scene in this little moment um, for the role of Bella, which is who I played um, and who was a tiny featured ensemble role and then yeah. grew into a principal role throughout the yeah. you know three years of the show. Oh so my God. that was how that so happened. Based on you getting that part, they kept enhancing the role around you basically? I don't know if it was like, no, we'll yeah. go ahead and say that. They, they, <laughs> we'll just go ahead and say that. I, I would I say that people are hating you for the right reasons. <laughs> uh, I would say that they, you know, as we began to see what the show was, it, you know, there, especially the audience in, in Cambridge, especially showed us, you know, what areas of the story people wanted more, you know, yeah. um, more in depth storytelling with. That's amazing that you guys treat it like a focus group and you guys kind of like let the audience's response and interaction with you guys help the development of the piece itself. I wish more producers had their eye on that because it is so important. We are not doing this for us. We're doing it for you. You know, it's one thing Diane Paulus is, is particularly brilliant at. She Mm -hmm. is unafraid to try anything. She will try everything on. She never lets you rest on your laurels. She's constantly challenging you, constantly, you know, asking what if, which I think is the most powerful question you can ask in the theater and any Absolutely. Art. And so, yeah, so I, we were really, really lucky. So that's how that happened. Um, that is so amazing. And the show, like the the generation who love the show, fucking love <laughs> this show. I do these, I do private vocal coachings and there's every every week is someone is bringing in something from Jagged. And, and oh, I always wow. want to say, you know, this is from <laughs> the album that came out in 1995, right? Yeah, like, what? what do you think sings this song? <laughs> <laughs> they think this is a musical that exists all on its own without without Alanis's album. That's such and a compliment. Thing. It's a huge compliment. You guys but they put should a listen to Alanis's something. record. Yes, they should. It is yeah. that, that obviously changed my life as a songwriter. But uh, the show the show is beautiful. Speaking of songwriter, let's end with a little bit about you and your songwriting. Can I just ask you because you write, and I, I don't want to qualify it this way, but I actually think it's a good way to qualify some of the songs <laughs> of yours that I've heard. You write such amazing sad boy music. <laughs> What is your favorite sad boy song outside of your own catalog? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I love sad songs. Okay. Um, I, okay. Uh, well, Rabel's one of my favorite songwriters and a friend of mine. And Amazing. And he just, he writes such good sad boys. Hurts Like Hell is like one of my favorite songs of all time. Um, yes. I mean, 
I listen, I'm a Taylor Swift fanatic. Everybody knows it. I'm a Swifty since I was 12. Like, she's a Swifty uh, since she's 12, people. Swifty since I was 12. So I got to say, like, I have a playlist. I have a Taylor Swift playlist for every mood. Um, I would say wow. of her sad songs, obviously, All Too Well, Rain Supreme. How can we get Taylor won. Swift to hear this and then invite you on tour with her? I yes. want to just say this as a songwriter to another songwriter. Yeah. You pour yourself into it, babe. You really Thank do. You. you pour yourself into your words. Thank and you. it doesn't even matter what your melodies are, because when you sing them, they sound like Catherine Gallagher. You have Thank such you. a cemented stamp of uniqueness in how you present music and songs. And when it's your own songs and your own words, it's 10,000 times more powerful. I am such a fan of everything that you do. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm a fan of yours. Well, check it out. I'll say this. The Grammy goes to you. The Tonys are all going to go to you. One day you're going to get more than we all think exists because you deserve that and then more. Uh, Go check out Catherine's music anywhere you find music and follow her on all the things if you don't already do that. If you're following her already, stop and follow me. I I would like more attention. I, I really, I can't thank you enough for just taking an hour of your time and chatting with me well, because- Thanks for taking your time to chat with me. You thought my crush would be diminished at this uh, point, but it has only grown and grown oh, and no. grown into something- I've done it all wrong. No, nah, I, I don't know what you did, but you did it right in my book. <laughs> um, anyway, thank you so much, Catherine. That's going to be the end of thank this episode. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Now We're Talking with me, Drew Gasparini. Now We're Talking is a proud member of the Broadway Podcast Network, and you can find out more about me and this podcast at bpn.fm slash now we're talking or on Instagram at Drew Gasparini. Hey, special thanks to our guest, Catherine Gallagher, for being lovely, and to all of you listeners for being lovely and listening. Make sure to subscribe and rate this podcast wherever you stream your podcasts and keep tuning in for more amazing guests. And guys, also, don't forget, save the whales! Save the fucking whales. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.